Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals on the wrong side of NHL history last night in Boston. New Jersey in town tomorrow to conclude Washington's season. And the Pittsburgh Penguins lose last night to lowly Chicago and now could miss the playoffs. Good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, April 12th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. For the third straight game, the Caps a good showing against a team seemingly destined for postseason play, but that wasn't enough last night against the juggernaut that is the Boston Bruins. Boston wore down the Caps and won going away in the third period. Final score, 5-2. to two. Garnet Hathaway, who had the game-winning goal for Washington when the Caps won in Boston back on February 11th, got a big insurance marker in the third period, scoring against his former team. And Ben, it just wasn't quite enough for the Capitals last night. Not a bad showing, but against Boston on a back-to-back, that was a tough assignment. The Capitals fall by three. Yeah, and really, John, if not even for Charlie Lindgren, especially early on, the game could have gotten out of hand early, but he did his job to keep the Capitals in the game. But you touch on Garnet Hathaway and the depth of the Boston Bruins. John, it's amazing what they've done in regular season play, the record-setting campaign that they're having. And I say that to say this, they're built for the playoffs. This is a team that the way they're constructed and the way they could potentially play and lean on opponents and bring some physicality, They are built for springtime hockey, and the fact that they have done as well as they did in regular season play, very few lulls throughout the 82-game campaign here. I think they had one, quote-unquote, mini slump. I think, John, they were winless in three right around the All-Star break. Oh, my goodness, a three-game winless streak. Other than that, what a terrific season for the Boston Bruins. And last night against the Capitals, they pretty much dressed their optimal lineup, the type of lineup uh, teams could expect to see come postseason time. And that is very much a well-oiled machine, depth up front, solid on the back end, terrific on the back end, and really good goaltending with Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Good for them. They they should be receiving all the accolades regular season-wise they have already. Speaking of goalies, it was a rough night for all goalies involved last night. Both Charlie Lindgren and Linus Allmark left the game in the third period. Lindgren looked to get twisted up in the midsection as he tried to make a save in the third period, and whatever was ailing Allmark came just a few minutes later. But all four goalies ended up seeing action last night, and you really got a feel for Charlie. It was his last game of the season, and he just wasn't able to finish it because of injury. Yeah, that's unfortunate and and perhaps fitting of the type of night that he had where he was being counted on so often. It happened while he was making a, an acrobatic save early in the third period that he ultimately, it looked like it may have been a back ailment. Talked to head athletic trainer Jason Service, and ultimately they decided between them, all right, maybe best to go to the dressing room for further evaluation. So hopefully he's okay. But a strong final impression from Charlie Lindgren, right, in his final game of the season and a strong maiden campaign for Charlie Lindgren his first year here in Washington and his first full NHL season as well. Here's a guy who spent quite a few years to begin his professional career in the American Hockey League. He finally got the security of a one-way contract last offseason. Thought he showed himself very 
very well this year, especially, John, going back to December when the Capitals season could have gone off the rails given the volume of injuries and all the adversity they were dealing with. That was lingering at his best. He was 9-2 and two in December. He did everything he could to at least keep the Capitals in a playoff position going into the new year, talking about January. So more on the Bruins. With a win last night, they have now 133 points, 64 wins, the most wins and most points by any team in NHL history. The Capitals actually started them on their way with a 5-2 loss to Boston opening night in D.C. on October 12th, and of course in Boston when they set the points record last night. But just a tip of the cap to the Bruins. We've touched on it a little bit already, Ben, but just the numbers of what they were able to do through the course of this season. 64 wins. It's never been done before, and a team that I think at the beginning of the season when we looked at, okay, the Bruins, the Pens, the Caps, you know, the teams that had been there for a lot of years, and the guys are getting older. I kind of put Boston back in October in the same category as the other two. I thought, yeah, they're probably a playoff team, but I don't think anybody, not even the Bruins themselves, could have ever envisioned a season like this. And part of the reason that narrative was going on in the offseason and early this season that the Bruins may be at best, they'd be a wild card team on the playoff bubble. Part of the talk wasn't only their age, some of the veterans that they have, but also remember back last summer, the number of players that were undergoing offseason surgery, they began the season, you know, minus several key cogs, Brand Marchand among them. So for them to have not only treaded water early, but given themselves a little bit of breathing room, they jumped out to an early lead in the Atlantic division. And then they started to get the players back. They started to get the reinforcements and they seemingly never missed a beat. The top defensive team in the NHL this season, right up there with the Edmonton Oilers, as far as the best offensive team this year. And that veteran core, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak emerging now as a young veteran in that core. They lean on their leaders and just a terrific season from them. And in this age of inflated win totals, John, with shootouts, et cetera, you know, only four wins in the shootout. You know, they have 60 wins in regulation or overtime. Just very, very impressive across the board. Seth Jones behind the net. Spins a pass up the right wing, a two-on-one break for the Hawks, led by Athanasio over the Penguin line. He fires, and a blocker saved me. And then Athanasio pokes it off the jury. He scores! Andreas Athanasiu from behind the Penguin net threw the puck off the back of Jari's equipment and it rolled back into the Penguin net. 3-1 in favor of the Hawks with 9-12 left in the third. How do you like me now? That is Andreas Athanasiu of the Chicago Blackhawks scoring in the third period last night. That's how it sounded in Pittsburgh. The Penguins fall 5-2 at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. Going to try not to sound too gleeful, but we got a lot of stuff to cover here. The Blackhawks were playing their second game in as many nights. They were 1-11-1 in back-to-back games this season. Chicago scored four times in the third period to embarrass the Penguins on home ice. With the loss, the Florida Panthers have now clinched a playoff spot in the East. It could be the first wild card. It could be the second. That is New York Islander dependent, and the Panthers still have one more game. But they know that they are in. And now, tonight... The Islanders just have to earn a point at home against Montreal, and Pittsburgh will miss the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since Sidney Crosby's rookie season. What a disaster of a game for the Penguins last night, who were facing one of the worst teams in the league 
on home ice. They controlled their fate, Ben. All they had to do was beat Chicago and beat Columbus, and now they are on the brink of perhaps coughing up the biggest hairball in Penguins franchise history. 16 straight years in the playoffs, and it could end on this. And I guess for those who listen to this show, we would call that in these parts a bit of a silver lining. Hard to follow that up, John, but you have the 31st and 32 ranked teams in a 32-game circuit available to you for the final two games of the season, and the Penguins were in control of their own playoff destiny, that is, until they laid the egg on home ice against the Chicago Blackhawks. You covered a lot of ground there. You failed to mention one detail, John. It was fan appreciation night. <laughs> Arena in Pittsburgh. They had the post-game jersey off their backs. Ceremony, folks there were filing towards the exits. But yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins still mathematically in it, still a chance at grabbing the second wild card. But to your point, they're now left out of their own control. They have to do some scoreboard watching tonight. The Islanders at home against the Canadians, an Islanders win, or as you noted, even just one standings point from New York, and they will be assured a postseason berth that would eliminate Pittsburgh. Or if the Canadians do beat the Islanders in regulation, and the Penguins get another opportunity Thursday night in Columbus. Ron Hextall had to realize that he had to do something, but where Brian McClellan realized that this wasn't the year, you sold at the deadline and you are now in a position, listen, the Capitals had a pretty awful year themselves. They had injuries, 450 man games nearly by the time it's all done, but get out in front of it, get maximized assets. Penguins got Mikhail Granlin, who has done nothing for them. They got Nick Benino, who was hurt and he was old anyway. I didn't understand it at the time and I really don't understand it now. And to look at this Pittsburgh team, they've been incredibly inconsistent is about the nicest thing you can say over the last six weeks. And there are folks in the Pittsburgh media who have ripped them apart far worse than we could over the last six weeks. I just can't believe that after 16 years of some really great hockey in Western Pennsylvania, that it could end with about as big a thud as you could possibly imagine where you had it in your hands to at least make the postseason and to come up so small against a bad Chicago team. I just can't wrap my head around Yeah, no, certainly. It's a blown opportunity as far as Pittsburgh. I would imagine their company line is that they had other opportunities that it should not have come down to game 81 or 82 as far as their regular season itinerary. You know, it's been an inconsistent year on the whole in Pittsburgh. But no, that's well said, though, as far as the Penguins and the Capitals and how the trade deadline was attacked differently by the two teams. And look, we'll see maybe not even next season, but maybe two, three years from now, you know, how that ultimately plays out the Capitals able to acquire some draft capital and the Pittsburgh Penguins you know for the most part their prospect cupboard is pretty thin too you know they could have afforded to have loaded up on some draft capital themselves instead they went all in on some veterans and uh, ultimately two teams taking a different course of action and the Capitals able to you know in Brian McClellan's case take advantage perhaps of the fact that he did have several players on expiring deals who made for attractive rental pieces for several contenders and he took care of business in that regard. Capitals did it right. Penguins did it wrong. It's really that simple, I think. One other thing of postseason business to discuss this morning, it runs through Capital One Arena tomorrow night. The New Jersey Devils still can win the Metropolitan Division title with a win over Washington and a Carolina loss. So for the third straight home game, Ben, the Caps opponent going to have a lot to play for, and Washington will have a chance to be the spoiler again. 
Yeah, big implications on the Metropolitan Division, a division that the Carolina Hurricanes have seemingly been in control of all season. I don't think two, three months ago, folks would have predicted the Metro Division would have come down to game 82. But sure enough, Carolina just clinging on to that one point lead over New Jersey. You credit the pesky Devils. They clinched a playoff berth a few weeks ago. They were hardly satisfied, seemingly, with just getting into the playoffs. They have been eyeing top spot in the division. They've quietly been gaining ground on Carolina, again, pulling to just within one point. So there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching on Thursday night. Not only the Devils trying to take care of their business against the Caps, but they'll be keeping tabs on what's going on out of town, I'm sure, with Carolina taking on the Florida Panthers. So should be fun watch on Thursday night, and we'll see if the Capitals once again could play spoiler, just as they did earlier this week at home against the New York Islanders. It's Capitals and the New Jersey Devils tomorrow at 7, airtime 645 on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7, heard at CapsRadio247.com. Ben, have yourself a Wednesday, will you? Happy Wednesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.